Welcome back, everyone, to your favorite podcast, the Fluid Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Ruggiero, a four-time Olympian in ice hockey and the CEO and co-founder of Sports Innovation Lab. So I get sports both on and off here on the Fluid Fan Podcast. It's my job, our company's job, to really talk about trends in technology, innovation, shaping the industry, and uh, at the core of all that is what we call the Fluid Fan. The fan is the consumer that we all have to better understand to build the right experiences. So when we talk about fan engagement, we always say it means everything and therefore nothing. On this podcast, we try to break that down by behavior and rethink what it means to be a fan, rethink how to service them. And in today's era of the fluid fan, they are open to change. They're empowered to choose and they're constantly evolving. So these fans definitely look different than your, your, your diehard from yesterday. So they're not tied to geographies. They care more about individual athletes. Look what just happened. Messi got traded than the, the team itself or the league. They're behaving very differently. And in order to create, again, the best experience, you got to understand them. So that's what we talk about on this show. We bring on really interesting executives that are on the forefront of technology representing brands, media, properties themselves. So really excited to talk about today's guest, Roberta Bowman, the Chief Brand and Communications Officer at the LPGA. She is joining to really talk about what she's up to at the LPGA. We're going to dive into a bit of, uh, if you've been following our company, The Fan Project, uh, where we literally analyzed millions of social media data points, billions of viewership data, uh, and through data, try to unlock the business potential and better understand really the market opportunity for women's sports. So enough of the, it's just the right thing to do. Yeah, of course it is. We're all about what's the business model look like? How do we, how do we use this data to definitively talk about money that's being left on the table? So the LPGA, I think is one of those leagues been around for decades, literally one of the oldest women's leagues Uh, 1950 uh, out there. And she's going to talk about why she joined the growth of the women's sports market in general and the fan project, how it relates to the LPGA and some of the innovative strategies that Roberta and her team are using within the LPGA. Uh, She's definitely primed on storytelling and using digital media to deliver uh, innovation and, and engaging content to her fans. Got a new Commissioner coming on board, a lot of opportunity, I think, to, to grow the sport, global fan base, and, and focus on the athletes, which is a big part of, of what we're talking about, not just in the storytelling, but again, is that conduit to our fans. So let's jump right in with my guest, Roberta Bowman, the Chief Brand and Communications Officer of the LPGA on today's edition of Food Fan Podcast. <laughs> All right, welcome back to a very special edition of the Fluid Fan Podcast. As you heard, I am here with Roberta Bowman, the Chief Brand and Communications Officer of the LPGA. Roberta, welcome to the podcast. I am so happy to be here, Angela. Thanks for the invitation. Thank you for being here. You have an amazing job, really interesting background. Would love to to dive into that, your role at the LPGA. But I always start out by asking our guests, how they got to where they are. You have, again, a a diverse background across a number of of different sectors. And I know you you served on the board of directors of the LPGA prior to joining on as the chief brand and communications officer. So for our listeners, just to provide some context of um, your impressive background and also why you chose to jump in and and be an important uh, person within the the women's uh, golf circuit. Yeah, uh, it's a very non-traditional story, I would say, Angela. I refer to this as my accidental second career. I did, in fact, have just a wonderful, rich career with Duke Energy based in Charlotte, North Carolina, was with them for almost 27 years, had the opportunity to really affect social change, economic change, environmental change. I retired from Duke Energy in 2012 as the company's first chief sustainability officer. And over the course of that career, had done communications, public policy, 
crisis management, really, really rich opportunity to learn and to grow. But my husband and I decided that we wanted to retire as young as we possibly could. So uh, indeed, in 2012, retired. Prior to that, I had decided to uh, full retirement really isn't for me. I'm, uh, I have a busy mind. I have a lot of energy, a lot of ideas. And so I got involved in some corporate boards, some nonprofit boards, and did some consulting as well. And among the nonprofit boards was the opportunity to serve with the LPGA. I had six terrific years on the board. I worked shoulder to shoulder with the then commissioner, Mike Wan at a time that we were really rebuilding the LPGA. And it was just a terrific experience. I rotated off of the board in 2018 and I was doing my retirement life. And by that, I mean, it was a big decision about what time do I play golf and when do I do yoga and where do we go for dinner? All those types of really big issues. And then my phone rang one day and it was Mike Wan. And he said to me, this is a Kind of a strange question, but I have a job that only you would do, you can do. So would you come to work for the LPGA? Mm. So let that sink in for just a minute. Trading living the dream and the retirement <laughs> life with going back to work and alarm clocks and probably what I consider to be the worst of all things, having to give and to get performance reviews again. So depending upon who tells the story, I said no either two or six times. And yet here I am in the third year of my term with the LPGA. So why did I do it? Why give up living the dream for uh, back to a corporate office environment? I did it for three reasons. One, those of you that follow women's sports, uh, we are at an incredibly important moment in time for opportunities for women and girls in sports and business and society. And that's a passion of mine that I wanted to be a part of. Reason number two was over 27 years, you develop some skills, some relationships, some experiences that I felt were, would be helpful to the LPGA. And obviously Mike did as well. And probably the most simple reason is um, the LPGA inspires me. When you spend time with our athletes, when you get to know their stories, when you play and have passion for the game of golf and appreciate how really good they are, it's hard not to be inspired and motivated to contribute. So that's the backstory there. And as I said, I'm now in the third year of my second accidental career. Well, it's an amazing story. Clearly, you have, again, a lot to contribute. And I love the point of just that you care too because you know I interact with a lot of executives and you can always tell when an executive loves what they do and are there for the right reasons you're going to get more performance out of anyone I don't care what what industry what what job you got to love what you do so I can I, I know that about your brain I know you care about this organization and you know furthering sport women's sport specifically so so thank you first of all tell me then just a, a bit more again you, you have like an amazing you know you served on the board you have this outside experience and now we have a new commissioner uh right um, she is great she this we're recording this on her actually her third day on the job <laughs> and already she's making an impact so very excited for the world to get to know molly marcus simon i know you know molly as well from uh, your earlier days in in hockey yeah, she she likes to retell the story of uh we, we, I, she was coaching against me and I, I think I, I ran over one of her players on accident and uh but uh but so here's the thing point. Angela she's got a really long memory so uh yeah, sorry, sorry about that no I'm excited though you have new commissioner you're obviously there with unbelievable background a lot of the work that we did as you know with the fan project was talking about the inertia behind women's sports and the business opportunity so can you just walk us through quickly just again the trajectory of the LP PGA, um, where, especially since you've been on their board for many years and now sit in a really interesting position. I know it's only, you know, the first week here with your new commissioner, but, but where are you headed? Where do you believe, high level question, where are we headed with the LPGA? Well, wherever we're headed is underscored and undergirded by our past. And let me tell you what I mean by that. The LPGA is the world's longest women's professional sports organization. So there is this enormous sense of history, opportunity, stewardship, and accountability. 
So we are now 71 years old. The LPGA was formed by 13 women, amazing women, two of whom are still alive. And they came together because there was no place for them to play professional golf and to compete. So they together created the LPGA Tour. Today, it is the world's aspirational tour. Uh, the very best in the world want to play on it. But in addition to the LPGA Tour, we operate two developmental tours, the Symmetra Tour and our joint ventures with the Ladies European Tour. We also have 1,800 teaching professionals around the world that are dedicated to helping the rest of us learn to play golf. We operate one of the largest and most successful Grow the Game initiatives, our LPGA USGA Girls Golf. And we also now have a network of 13,000 amateur players, women of all ages and abilities, who have just come together under the LPGA umbrella and are dedicated to growing the game. So the point of talking through that is really twofold, to let you know that we have been working really hard over not just 70 years, but over the last 10 years in particular, mm -hmm. to create this value pipeline to touch women and girls in golf at every level and every ability. So where do we go from here? We make it work in a very integrated way and increase our impact, our purses, our fan base, and the number of women and girls in the game. So up is good opportunity is ahead. And uh, with some of the work that you and your team did with the fan project, we also have the context now, I think, to create and redefine the business case for women's sports. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, thank you so much again for your partnership in the fan project. For those of you tuning in for the first time, it really was how do we unlock with data the, the business potential, really understand fandom in a new way. A lot of what we talk about here on the Food Fan Podcast, quantifying that as opposed to theorizing, really diving in deep in the women's market. And, and certainly there's a positive, bright future ahead. But I love that you started with like, you looking back, I'm wearing your, your, uh, your hoodie right here, established 1950. The awesome. Chain, it's a awesome. Hoodie. So, you know, got, got a wrap here. Got, got the gear on. It's a big piece of the fan project. We said that food fans want to wear, you know, they want to wear their brand. They want to wear their values. And you guys definitely re reflect, I think, a really values-based organization that, that I think is resonating. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right about that. And a couple of other things. Not only are we values and mission-based, but we are a global golf tour. So yeah. we are one of the first movers in understanding how to bring golf to the rest of the world and sports to the rest of the world. And the other thing that's a bit unusual about the LPGA is we are not a team sport in only the rarest of cases. So unlike other sports leagues that have employees and team members, all of our players are essentially individual contractors mm. and they run their own business. They are their own PR agencies, brand builders, logistics, travel, they have their own support teams uh, in, in some cases. But the important thing there is they only have an opportunity to earn money when they win and when they play well. So uh, that's why we are so fortified and excited about this opportunity for more women and girls to find the ability to chase and achieve their dreams through golf. And that's what the, the core of our mission. Yeah, I love it. You know, I care. I was a former athlete as myself. But speaking of, just coming off the heels of the Summer Olympics in Tokyo and the number one ranked female golfer in the world, Nellie Korda, won the gold for Team USA. Big deal for the U.S., um, certainly bringing not just a gold home, but golf, which, you know, historically hasn't been hasn't been the case. Tell us about the Olympic experience, just as it's a it's an event that obviously boost the visibility of, of women's golf in particular and her performance. And again, how that is affecting you know, you know, where, where the future of the game is headed. Yeah, I am really obviously bullish on women's professional golf and the, the planets are aligning around that. Just when you have a champion like Nellie Corda, 23 years old, you look at Nellie, you know, she's an athlete. If she were walking through the Olympic village, you'd likely think she was either a volleyball player or a basketball player, but she, she exudes 
the confidence, the cool, the talent of a world-class athlete at 23 years old. We love our golf swings and Nellie's golf swing is a thing of beauty. And just the way she has advanced her game and her confidence. And this has really been a dream season for Nellie. Not only did she win an Olympic gold, but she had her first major championship. She's won two others. It's been uh, just an incredible, uh, incredible season for her. And the coupling with her sister, Jessica. Uh, the, the Corda family is, in my opinion, the first family of sports today. Jessica's on the LPGA Tour, played in the Olympics as well. Nellie, we just talked about. Their youngest brother or their only brother, Sebastian Corda, is also a world-class tennis player. So uh, this is a family born to play. And that is an incredible storyline that uh, I think all of us are enjoying cheering on. Mm. The Olympics and golf is the biggest opportunity for our athletes to be seen worldwide. Nothing else comes in comparison. And the other story out of the Olympics wasn't won by a medal winner, as impressive as all three of them were. The story of the Olympics for us was of Aditi Ashuk, who contended throughout the Olympics, sadly came in fourth, so no medal. But Aditi woke up the nation of India to golf. And it's so exciting for us to think about what can happen in a country of 1.4 billion people who are seeing one of their native daughters excel in a new game for them and one that they're finding really exciting. So in terms of uh, spreading the gospel of women's golf, there is nothing that equals the Olympics for us. Yeah, great, great golfers, great platforms. Uh, it's an ingredient that you need, obviously, to build a league, build a brand. You mentioned, again, the athletes are such a big part of that now. as not just independent contractors, but that's a core concept of the food fan. And they follow their, their values. They follow the athletes. And, and those leagues that get that and enable those athletes are, are certainly benefiting. Question around, you know, we've talked a lot about the, the future of watching sports. So, you know, the digital media market, it's saturated, as you know, there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of, there's a lot of strategy that has to be thought, thought out. And just some quick numbers from the LPGA, from some of your statistics, the tour had broadcasts in 170 plus countries reaching 550 million households worldwide. You had, I think over three and a half million unique views for each of those. Uh, one statistic on the brand side, I think 98% uh, had a recall of at least one sponsor. I mean, you guys are, you're, you're out there. What are the ways that you've, the LPGA has uniquely thought about these fluid fans, giving them power over choice in their content choice over, um, how to engage with the LPGA, you know, at home, which now we're in the pandemic is, is more important than ever before. Yeah. One of our philosophies, Angela, is to meet our fans where they are, not necessarily for them to find us. And, you know, every league thinks they have unique challenges. Some of our unique challenges are that our fans span four generations from under eight to over 80. Mm -hmm. So how they uh, interact with content, how they interact with the LPGA is very different depending in many ways on you know, when they were born and how comfortable they are with technology. So we have got to be leading edge on technology, but also including our best content in some of the more traditional pathways, whether it's through newsletters and email pushes and Facebook and things of that sort. Uh, the other thing that we've done is stratify our fan base by their relationship to golf. We've got Obviously, avid golfers who watch because they understand the game and they really want to be part of the competition. We have casual fans. And then we have people that we're just starting to uh, create that connection with and bring them to the game of golf, adjacencies as well. So we sort our content in a couple of different buckets. And I've heard you talk about this as well. We've got stars. We've got stats. We've got stories. And in the case of golf, we have swings as well. So under those four buckets, we feel like we can reach the whole continuum of our fan base and all of their levels of interest. 
Two things that are new and different out of that is the storytelling that the LPGA has begun to do. Part of the work that got me excited about coming back to the LPGA was the chance to be part of the brand refresh for the LPGA. And we rolled that out in 2018. You know it by the words drive on. But what Drive On is really a platform about is storytelling and the backstories and the road and journey to excellence that our players and members have followed. Mm -hmm. It was a big departure for us at the time because, again, a lot of the interest has been stats and schedules and swings and, uh, and competition, and you know that as well. But there is a whole range of human connection and human experience that is fed through storytelling. Yeah. And uh, I think I've mentioned, I, I bristle a bit when I use that word because it has this air of fiction and embellishment. The storytelling is really listening to our athletes and having them share their unique journey to excellence. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, Angela, we could not make this stuff up. Yes, there's the court of family that's born into athletics, but we also have Lizette Salas, who was the first in her family to, uh, to go to college. And she learned to play golf because her father was a mechanic in a golf, at a golf course in Saluda, California, uh, or Azusa, California. And he traded some of his handyman skills to the club pro for him to teach his daughter. So we have story after story after that. And we are finding that that becomes the currency to create new and different fans for the LPGA. And as you know, it's that human connection that binds us and becomes why people really care about sports. Um, yeah, no, I love it. And again, that's a key finding to the fan project was just that, that historically the lifting and shifting the men's model, which is honed in on stats and uh, scoreboards and, you know, the tonnage, you know, get, get more games, get more stats, the, the digital overlays. That's definitely an audience, but there's a whole other audience out there, increasingly these fans that we're following that want the storytelling. We saw that in the data. We saw that literally in the data. They said, I want what you're saying, Roberta. We, we want to yeah. get closer to the athletes. We want to learn about them. We want access to them. We, we want to understand who they are. And yes, we love their golf, but we are, I always say sports is the original reality show yes. and then reality shows showed up. And in some ways, uh, we, we got fixated as an industry, in my opinion, on the game and forgot about like, it's the human emotion. It's the connection that is why we originally loved a lot of sports. The, it's the winning, it's the losing, it's how you play as a team, all the, the human emotion. So coming back full swing to say, oh yeah, we should be leaning into these amazing people, not just athletes. Um, yeah. I think yeah. there's a whole massive audience out there. So it's, it's good to hear you're, you're really, it's good to know you're there, Robert. I've pushed well, it. <laughs> I, I was going to say uh, the fan project did so many things well, but that, that emphasis on the storytelling, you have the data, I have the experience. Yeah. And by that, I mean, uh, our most popular drive-on story, and these are 30-second vignettes and then a, a longer narrative that the athlete uses, is of a woman by the name of Haley Moore. And Haley doesn't look like most golfers. She is the, uh, the daughter of two professional athletes, and she is 6'1". She's, uh, she's large. Um, and because of that, she's always been bigger than her classmates. So she was horribly bullied growing up. And golf became her sanctuary. We had Haley's permission and her mother's permission to tell that story. And that story went around the world, including a six-minute segment on Good Morning America. It's because that uh, currency of human relationships, even if you don't know Haley Moore, you know someone like Haley Moore. And that's what creates an incredibly loyal fan base. Yeah, I love it. So just speaking of that, again, we, the, the fan project, just uh, community-based monetization model, it, it states that leagues, media companies need to focus on producing more of this kind of media, the storytelling. Um, what are the ways that uh, specifically that, that, that then you're creating campaigns or thinking about activities that'll really allow the fans to get exposure, get access to your athletes, interact with them, like, like Haley Moore herself? Is there 
uh, you know, is it a new platform? Is it just an increased investment in the production of these these stories? What's the what's the strategy behind you know delivering these athletes in a different way? Yeah, we learned how important the storytelling has been over the last couple of years, and uh, I think there's there's really a couple things to lift out. Is one. COVID has been so horrible in the world, but actually helpful from a communicator standpoint because it puts so much of a premium on authenticity Mm -hmm. that our fans now can smell a phony a mile away. And they really like the authenticity, the rawness of it all. So the good news is that we can do more and not necessarily the highest production value but just providing those opportunities for direct contact. Well, what do I mean by that? We do really, really well with Instagram Live where we bring our athletes on and we start a Q&A and then we invite questions from our Instagram uh, followers as well. We've used a platform called Kizwe. We occasionally do some rebroadcasts of some of our events and have the ability to have the, the woman who won be part of the comments as well. The other thing I would say is we have had uh, the courage to let our fans guide us here. And by that, I mean, uh, we have got some great content being generated by people other than us. And we are perfectly comfortable with that because it's for the greater good. And they show the respect and appreciation for our athletes. So what do I mean by that? There is a uh, a non-traditional media company called No Laying Up. Uh, It's five guys. They are very serious golf fans, but relatively new in discovering the LPGA. There's two things that never get stale at the LPGA. One is seeing somebody experience us for the first time and really become a fan there. And the second is to have an eyewitness Uh, opportunity when somebody achieves their dreams. Hmm. And No Laying Up did a project this year that um, really provided both perspectives. We were able to work with one of our players to provide uh, complete access to them over the course of the week. And so the name of their piece was A Week in the Life of an LPGA Professional, in this case, Madeline Sadstrom. And Madeline is a wonderful ambassador for the LPGA. She had them over to her her apartment when she was making dinner. There was just this great relationship between the two. It happened to be the week that Madeline shared her drive-on story worldwide. Hmm. And her drive-on story was one of experiencing sexual abuse when she was seven years old and finding her voice some 16 years later, and how finding that voice and courage unleashed her ability to excel in her in her golf. And it's a, a wonderful story of courage and, uh, and uh, dedication. It's not about the specifics of sexual abuse. It's about finding your voice and your footing. Yeah. So we had that happening. We had this complete access She was playing an event with Annika Sorenstam, who arguably one of the best uh, to play the game ever. So that in itself was this wonderful magnification of the LPGA. And then the final piece was they happened to catch Madeline playing, in many ways, the round of her life. Mm -hmm. And so they put together this 68-minute video. They had a watch party with their followers, some... uh, I don't know how many were on it, but their comments were were serious. And it was all about how they love the experience, how they're now fans of Madeline Sagstrom yeah. and they're fans of the LPGA as well. I mean, that and that is a trend. If you're listening, Roberta, you just laid out the Drive to Survive F1 docuseries on Netflix has, in my opinion, allowed F1 to enter the American market to overnight grow exponentially and and what you're doing with your 68 documentary it's the same thing it's giving exposure to people that maybe don't understand the athlete or the rules or the context it's giving them a reason to care and again if you're on if you're on tv all the time and it's water cooler talk and you can't avoid it sometimes okay i have like i live in the u.s or in boston i when the pats are winning i couldn't not 
care or I, I knew everything. I couldn't avoid it. <laughs> but for the long tail, I say women's sports, some of these more peripheral sports to really elevate, it's giving people a reason to care. And you're doing that. It's, it's yeah. emotional. It's not just the context of the game. It's who these people are. So exactly. I can that. I, can I just tag on that? Sure. A bit? Because one of the, you know, I've heard all of the reasons that are out there for why people don't follow the LPGA. I've heard them all. Yeah. Tell us why. Tell us why they do. (laughs) And, and one of the reasons I always heard is, oh, there's no dominant player or there's no rivalry. Here's what our fans told us. Our fans are sophisticated and smart enough to know that there's not just two narratives that are out there. Mm-hmm. They love that drive survive. They love the Cinderella story. They love the loner. They love what we do really well. And that is on any given Sunday, somebody's dream is going to come true. Yeah. And so I think there's room for yeah. all of these. Uh, so I, we've got, we've got content galore. Yeah. And, and not to mention a nice, healthy betting market. Cause <laughs> We, you know, the more, more we, we saw in the Olympics, even, I think there's a study of 60% of the dollars were thrown on women's events and you're just a sport with unpredictability and like your point, more opportunity. It's, we won't get into betting because it's another, but it is, it's true. There, there's a, there's a new revenue opportunity for, for those that, that understand it and, and allow exactly. It. So we're talking about how do you get people into the funnel? Storytelling is one part. One thing that you've done recently that I want to highlight is also um, your relationship with EA Sports. So for the first time, uh, the LPGA uh, uh, is going to actually be featured in EA Sports in the latest PGA Tour video game. Um, What does this mean for the LPGA, your female athletes? And again, another way to bring people into the funnel. Yeah, and that's exactly it. But let's just celebrate this moment because it starts to have this air of normalizing women yeah. in golf. And that I think is is the biggest headline here, along with reaching our fans where they are. And yeah. obviously the gamification of the world is is here. It's an important way to generate a fan base. And for one of our players to take her rightful place as being uh, in, in part of this gamification, it's really exciting. So yeah. we, we think it's just the first of several, actually. No, I'm, I celebrate. I, I don't know if you knew this. I was actually, I think, the first woman on an EA game back in 2012. I did not know that. Haley Wick and I, because at the time, our chairman of the U.S. Olympic Committee, Larry Probst, um, who I was on the board with, he said, Larry, why don't I have any women on, on the games? And it was just it was just, well, that it's just never happened. It was, it wasn't a, I don't know, it was a discrimination. It's just an oversight in some ways. And, and, yeah. and all I had to do was ask, Hey, I think you should have, and you know, Haley and I at the time were, you know, we're both in the hall of fame. So we said, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. And I can't tell you that your point about normalizing. I have two young boys now and I, I'm so excited to be able to, uh, so maybe I don't know if I'll have a console by the time they're old enough to play <laughs> But just for them to see little boys, little girls like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play Angela. She's the captain of the all-star team in a a virtual game. Just it changes everything. It just it's a different conversation. The normalization on top of, yes, you're bringing more fans into the tunnel. Um, If you can see it, you can be it. If you can see it, you respect it. You know, there's just I'm pumped for you guys. I'm pumped for that athlete, too. We, We are, too. Great. So again, speaking of digital channels, again, since we're a fluid fan podcast, we, we like to nerd out over all the partnerships that you do uh, and um, leaning into the fluid fan behaviors. And one that's super strong, both on the men's and the women's side, just in general is co-watching. So I'm curious if you've been able to work through more ways to bring fans together uh, in a, in a digital way through, through co-watching and what are the platforms again, you're, you're working with to, to do that successfully? Yeah. And I guess I would say that to me was the biggest takeaway for us from the fan project research. So nothing to share with you today, but I will tell you right, this notion that. of community, it is high on my strategic thinking for the year ahead because it. it's just and again, in many ways, if I can go back to the to the hoodie that you're wearing, that's one of the big lessons we got from that is 
we had been under the impression that most of our fans were middle-aged white men. And in fact, they may be in terms of watching us on the golf channel. But what we learned from the Hoodie Project is how excited our fans are to be seen as LPGA fans. And that there is an energy and a connectivity among our fan base that we need to become a part of and to, um, to facilitate it, to grow it, to listen to it, and to make part of our success. Yeah. Dive in a little bit more then, because the merchandise is one of the big opportunities, low-hanging fruit, in our opinion, around women's sports. You want to wear what you believe in. Um, and I am wearing, again, the Hoodie for Golf campaign, hashtag Hoodie for Golf. Michelle Wee, one of your, you know, amazing athletes who I've followed. She's amazing. Yeah. What's the campaign all about? How does she, you know, work with you to really get this? So this started with a text, a text message between Michelle and I. Michelle is now a director on our board of directors. Some people may not realize that the LPGA is governed by a board. There are six independent directors, which I used to be one of and six player directors that are out there on tour every single day and a couple of other elected roles as well. But the players have an enormous voice and we would have it no other way. So Michelle knew what I do, did with the LPGA and she said, I have this idea. I know how important merchandise is. Let's do something interesting and different. Mm-hmm. And I think I was, if I had a moment of, of real wisdom, it was to just listen to Michelle because my taste was very different. Mine is fairly conservative and she designed in many ways, the sweatshirt that you're wearing. And so then we started to really, and and I I must say strong props to the WNBA because in many ways we saw the success of what they were able to achieve. We believe that when you're in women's sports, you're all on the same team. We took their good idea and I think made it our own. So what do I mean by that? two aspects. One, the charitable aspect of it. And that is the sale of this hoodie goes to support two nonprofits that support our commitment to diversity in golf. And that is two nonprofits that are bringing in underrepresented, and in this case, Black women and girls to the game. So that rang true to who we are. The other thing that rings true to us is this was uh, player-led. I'd like to think that I could come up with a sweatshirt like that and advertise it and put it out for sale. But a big part of our message was the narrative and was the direct involvement of Michelle Wee West in this. So when our players leave the charge, great things happen. And then the other thing, other things we learned is this was essentially a social influencers campaign. We had never done anything like that. And we leaned very heavily on Michelle's rich and long-term Rolodex of relationships. And they were amazing. Hmm. We've had uh, Steph Curry wear it to one of his sports center news conferences. We've had Ellen DeGeneres in her uh, hoodie for golf. We just last week had Niall Horan. Uh, of One Direction wearing his, and then lots and lots of other people as well. And we did not pay them a dollar. These are people that care about the LPGA, are friends of the tour, fans of the tour, and wanted to show their, uh, their colors. So we came up with a new and different design. We tested the theory the sales have been beyond our wildest expectations. We're extending the campaign through the end of the year. We're raising real dollars yep. for these nonprofits. But more importantly, we have learned this lesson of the role of merchandise in our brand building and in our fan relationships. So again, thank you for lifting out that point. Of course, Hoodie for Golf, check it out, buy one. Good money's going to good causes and yeah, it's the orange hoodie of the WNBA. We saw that data spike in our research and it's across fanatics, just, you know, their valuation is insane. People, merch is, merch is here. Uh, merch so, is here. And, and, but what you're doing is empowering the athletes and making it authentic is such an important part of why you wear it. So, you know, again, kudos there. 
a couple questions and then we're going to turn over to my innovation spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've been super articulate. We've done a couple of uh, interviews before around like why behaviors are so important. And I just want to take a step back because, you know, on, on the podcast and just what we do, the, really trying to move the industry away from just like demographics to behaviors and really trying to think through on, you know, understanding this future fan and then building experiences and for them, can you just articulate, I've heard you talk about this. So putting you on the spot here, because you've been so eloquent, but like, why is it so important for the industry to really wrap their head around? Yeah. And I think what I loved about the fan project is this notion of engagement versus impressions Mm -hmm. and impressions for so many years. And in many, some avenues today continue today to be the the standard through which investments are being measured. Mm -hmm. As a business executive, I know in my heart that that is just not the right way to do it. And I think that what the FAN project has done is migrate us towards a much more meaningful measure and one that I think will resonate at every level of our sponsor base. Mm -hmm. So this notion of engagement we care less about the broad numbers than on the the real passion behind the relationship. And I think that's really what marketers are all about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At the LPGA, we we actually don't count impressions any longer. We have used something called the MVP index, actually invented by the father of a golfer. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a way for us to get that broad measurement of real and meaningful engagement. And I hope that's an art and science of of measurement and marketing impact that only continues to be refined. But again, uh, thank you for for giving us that baseline thinking, because Mm -hmm. I think it's really moving the conversation in a much more constructive way. Thank you. Yeah, no, we, we, we agree. Quality over quantity. That's the new currency that, that we think the industry is going to move towards is, is it's not just about watching, which is one, one level of metric and your impressions and your Nielsen ratings. It's about all the other things that people are doing, what they're physically doing. And then how are they interacting with your brand? How are they, you know, how are you going deeper with them as opposed to just touching them? Um, right. So Last question, just Roberta, where's the future? Where, where are we headed? Any, any kind of open question in terms of, you know, there's, there's so much on the horizon. I know we sort of started there, but um, giving you a chance to, to wrap things up in terms of women's sports and the LPGA and just, you know, what you're most excited about. Yeah, it's really come back to why I joined the LPGA and it comes down to that moment in time that we are in. Obviously, the world is much more focused on opportunities for women, for diversity, for equity and inclusion. So that's part of the value that we bring. What we learned from the FAN project, though, is we're also at another important moment in time. And that's with the relationship between fans and the the athletes and leagues that they care about. And this notion that the power is shifting away from the leagues and into the hands of fans, and that fans have a larger say in things, I think also plays into the strengths of of women and women's sports. So again, as a business person, women's sports today are undervalued. Uh, It's a kind of thing that you, it's definitely a a buy level out there. It's Mm -hmm. always been an act of value. It's always been an act of advocacy to support women's sports. But what we've learned from the fan project is it's just good business as well. So uh, you've given us an important, really, really critical piece in our value proposition. And uh, I think, again, on behalf of all of us, Angela, thanks to you and your team for what you've delivered. Thank you so much, Roberta. It means the world to me. Thank you so much again for being a partner. Roberta Bowman, the Chief Brand and Communications Officer. Can't wait to see the future. I will see you actually in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be playing in your pro-am. I'm brushing off my dusty clubs. I hopefully don't shag a ball and hit someone that's watching. That's my biggest 
worried, but you'll be there to support me. <laughs> I, I will be there to support you. I have failed in at least two things in life recently. One is retirement. The other one is convincing you to join us in some golf lessons. So I am thrilled that you're you're skipping that and you're part going to be part of our team. So we're thrilled for that. I'm putting myself out there. I, I can't there wait you to, go. to learn. I am. Thank you again for the invite. I'm excited to, to be out you there bet. and support the LPGA. And um, yeah, if you're watching as a fan, get out of the way. I played hockey. I have a good slap shot. So if it doesn't go straight again, I'm worried I might well, just leave it at that. We're fully <laughs> insured. We're fully insured. Okay, perfect. All right, I'm going to wrap with the four questions with number four, where we talk about innovation. Just you have an amazing background, Roberta. I just want to hear first, just what does innovation mean to you? I simplify it. It's either the process or the technological improvement that makes for a better consumer experience. I love that. So simple. Simple. But forgotten so often. It's forgotten. Consumer. Like, who are you talking to? I love that. Sorry, I, I hear a lot, so I, I'm just I'm okay. Plugging the, gotta use that one again. Uh, who's the most innovative person in our industry? Um, someone that you've 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 looked up to or or uh, really respect? Softball, Angela Rosario. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I could name individuals, but I think what you and Sports Innovation Lab has done in terms of convening some of the leading thinkers in technology. I mean, who wouldn't take the wisdom of many over the wisdom of one? So this is not uh, intended to be just uh, pure flattery. It's really uh, what you have done in carving out an opportunity to bring together the leaders of technology and innovation has enormous value to all of us. Oh, thank you so much. It's, I'm a, every, everything's better with the team. So I, I appreciate that. Um, those kind words and thank you. You're part of that team. Your, your team is part of that. team. We're going to move forward together. Who's the most innovative company in the sports technology space, a group that you, uh, that you work with or you, you really admire? Well, this is one that, that is a new company. And Angela, one thing you will love about golf is we are all technology nerds and mm -hmm. geeks because we believe the miracle is out there, just 10 more yards with the new club or the new training technique. And this is a company called Sportsbox AI. It is being led by a woman by the name of Jihei Lee. Jihei is a former LPGA tour professional, Yale graduate, Wharton School graduate, and she has gone on to use your cell phone in a way that captures uh, your swing, your exercise in a 3D avatar way. And using machine learning, it starts to create the cause and effect of biomechanics I am telling you things I don't even understand myself, but she's demonstrated it. It is very cool. And for the golf geek technology nerds among us, it is Nirvana. So I'm really excited about where she is taking her, her company. That's great. Yeah. Any, anything that helps you improve your game and understand your body, we call it the quantified athlete sector that, yeah. you know, just it makes it more interesting too. Um, and I, I love, I love nerding out over data over, you know, performance. So uh, it's great to hear you have a, a group that you're working with. Who's the most innovative league team or federation to wrap it up? Can't say the LPGA. Topgolf. Topgolf. Nice. I love what they have done to bring more people into the game. They've got very cool technology, the top tracer and others. Yep. They have a world golf tour of uh, a, a you know, games and simulator, they, um, they really are redefining what it means to be a golfer. And I'm hugely uh, excited about what they're doing. And from an accessibility standpoint, it's, it's the casual golfer that's, you know, have a beer, hang out with a friend, not stress out about, you know, owning clubs or, but, you know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, come as you are. And yeah. uh, so they've removed all the barriers to entry, yeah. if you will. And they've made it just plain fun. Yeah. That's, if, that's what sports supposed to be at the end of the day, right? <laughs> it is. It is. All right. Roberto Bowman, again, chief brand and communications officer. 
at the LPGA. Thank you so much, Roberta, for being here and sharing your wisdom and insights and thinking. And I just wish you all the best of luck as, as you move forward. And again, thanks for, uh, for being a part of the fan project. And yeah, I'm, ex I'm excited for the future for you. Thank you for coming out of retirement. <laughs> I, I've loved every minute of this, Angela. And again, thank you for what you and your team are doing. And we're going to see you on the tee at Inverness uh -oh. Golf Club in not right, too long. I can't wait. I can't wait to cheer on the golfers too. You bet. <laughs> Thanks once again to my good friend and amazing guest. Very cool background and awesome that you're out of retirement. Your second retirement here to lead the way, Roberta Bowman within the LPGA for joining me on the show. Definitely loved hearing about their focus on athletes and how they're leaning into the digital age. Uh, definitely got my hoodie. If you don't have your hoodie, make sure you're you go on their, their website and check it out and loved how she kept emphasizing how important it was to listen to the fan. That's my big takeaway. Listen to the fan. Uh, if you understand them, you obviously can unlock new revenue streams, new opportunities within the market. Be sure to tune into the Solemn Cup at the Inverness Club in Toledo, Ohio, uh, which I'll be, I'll be there. Please don't watch me play though, because I'm pretty brutal at golf. I'm just going to say, even though I'm a hockey player, everyone assumes Oh, you played hockey. You're going to be good at golf. Yeah, I can whack the ball pretty far, but I don't have any game. I'm, I'm practicing. I'm putting myself out there. I'm trying. But check out the actual athletes, the real athletes, the LPGA players are going to be playing that weekend. It's uh, U.S. versus Europe, so it'll be a good international competition. I want to close by thanking my producer, Jack Barlow, uh, my entire team at Sports Innovation Lab, and my listener, you, uh, at home. Definitely love when I see that subscribe button go up, those, uh, those stars, when you ping me and say, this is what you could do better. I, I love that too, because I'm an athlete. I want to get better here. But really appreciate you spending your time with me, with us at Sports Innovation Lab. If you want to learn more, check us out at sportsilab.com. Our handle is at sportsilab, or my personal handles are at Angela Ruggiero. Till next time, I will see you on the Fan Podcast.